0: Welcome to a message of grace. In today's message, Pastor Bruce Gilhorn looks at situations from the past and the present that may be coincidence, serendipity, or possibly the hand of God. Let's listen.
1: Our first lesson today is from the Old Testament book of Esther. This book is only seven pages long, so it's a quick, easy read. This is the only time we will hear from this book in our three-year lectionary cycle. And what you hear of is at the end of the book, so it's near the end of her story. And it's also the subject of my sermon, so I'm not going to steal all my thunder at this point. But it's 480 BC. The Israelites have been allowed to return home after the exile under Uh, King Cyrus from Persia. Persia is the world power of the day, and it's the Persians who are in control, and it's the Persian king and Queen Esther that we will hear from later today. Let us listen.
0: A reading from Esther. King Ahasuerus and Haman went in to feast with Queen Esther. On the second day, as they were drinking wine, the king again said to Esther, What is your petition, Queen Esther? It shall be granted you. And what is your request? Even to the half of my kingdom it shall be fulfilled. Then Queen Esther answered, If I have won your favor, O King, and if it pleases the King, let my life be given me. That is my petition. And the lives of my people, that is my request. For we have been sold. I and my people, to be destroyed, to be killed, and to be annihilated. If we had been sold merely as slaves, men and women, I would have held my peace. But no enemy can compensate for this damage to the king. Then King Azaris said to Queen Esther, Who is he, and where is he? Who has presumed to do this? Esther said, A foe and enemy, this wicked Haman. Then Haman was terrified before the king and the queen. Then Harbona, one of the eunuchs in attendance on the king, said, Look, the very gallows that Haman has prepared for Mordecai, whose word saved the king, stands at Haman's house, 50 cubits high. And the king said, Hang him on that. So they hanged Haman on the gallows that he had prepared for Mordecai. Then the anger of the king abated. Mordecai recorded these things and sent letters to all the Jews who were in all the provinces of King Hazareus, both near and far, enjoining them that they should keep the 14th day of the month of Adar and also the 15th day of the same month, year by year, as the days on which the Jews gained relief from their enemies, and as the month that had been turned for them from sorrow into gladness and from mourning into a holiday." and they should make them days of feasting and gladness, days of sending gifts of food to one another and presents to the poor. Hear what the Spirit is saying to the church.
1: Our second reading this day is from the New Testament book of James. Uh, This is the last Sunday in a succession of five that we will hear from this book, and it comes near the end of the book, and James is moving it from faith being a personal thing to being a communal thing how we live as the people of God and he encourages us to pray for one another and it's kind of interesting that on this day that we have a healing service with anointing with oil this text happens to land on today because he encourages us to anoint one another with oil and to pray for one another in healing
0: let us listen a reading from james are any among you suffering they should pray Are any cheerful, they should sing songs of praise. Are any among you sick, they should call for the elders of the church and have them pray over them, anointing them with oil in the name of the Lord. Prayer of faith will save the sick, and the Lord will raise them up, and anyone who has committed sins will be forgiven. Therefore confess your sins to one another and pray for one another, so that you may be healed. The prayer of the righteous is powerful and effective. Elijah was a human being like us, and he prayed fervently that it might not rain. And for three years and six months, it did not rain on the earth. Then he prayed again, and the heaven gave rain, and the earth yielded its harvest. My brothers and sisters, if anyone among you wanders from the truth and is brought back by another, you should know that whoever brings back a sinner from wandering will save the sinner's soul from death and will cover a multitude of sins. Hear what the Spirit is saying to the church.
1: The Holy Gospel according to the ninth chapter of St. Mark. Glory to you, O Lord. John said to Jesus, Teacher, we saw a man casting out demons in your name, and we forbade him because he was not following us. But Jesus said, Do not forbid him. For no one who does a mighty work in my name will be able soon after to speak evil of me. For he that is not against us is for us. For truly, I say to you, whoever gives you a cup of water to drink because you bear the name of Christ will by no means lose their reward. Whoever causes one of these little ones who believe in me to sin It would be better for them if a great millstone were hung around their neck and they were thrown into the sea. If your hand causes you to sin, cut it off. It is better to enter eternal life maimed than with two hands and go to hell, to the unquenchable fire. And if your foot causes you to sin, cut it off. It is better for you to enter life lame than with two feet and be thrown into hell. And if your eye causes you to sin, pluck it out. It is better for you to enter the kingdom of God with one eye, than with two eyes, to be thrown into hell, where the worm does not die and the fire is not quenched. For everyone will be salted with fire. Salt is good, but if the salt has lost its saltiness, how will you season it? Have salt in yourselves and be at peace with one another. The gospel of our Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Grace and peace to you from God, our Father, and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. I already told you that I'm preaching on the Old Testament, and you know this because I've been doing this for two years now throughout the whole season of Pentecost, preaching on the Old Testament. What we have is a story that comes to us from about 480 BC. What's happened is we've come from Abraham all the way through, and we've had the kings, Saul, David, Solomon, and then the kingdom ends up being divided because Solomon's son, Rehoboam, was a terrible taskmaster, and there was all kinds of taxes people had to pay. So Jeroboam, one of the uh, leaders in Solomon's court, uh, has 10 of the tribes follow him in the south, and Rehoboam has two other tribes follow him. So the kingdom's divided. And there's wars that go back and forth between the Philistines, the Canaanites, the Jebusites, the Hittites. And the people of both the north and the southern kingdom are in exile. And then Persia is the world power of the day. And they conquer the land and the people. And they allow the Israelites, both north and south, to return home. That's under... King Cyrus of Persia in 538 BC. Well, this is, uh, one of the successors to Cyrus. And his name, I'm not even sure how to say it exactly, Randy. I don't know if, uh, ass or ass, but uh, yeah, I'm glad we don't have names like that today. This king, he has a 180 day party. 180 days. Okay. Got that? 180. We get all upset when we have, uh, the white party downtown <laughs> for a week or so, 180-day party. And at the end of the party, he has uh, a week-long festival. And he sends his leaders in his court to go bring his wife. His wife refuses to come. And so he asks the leaders in the court, what should I do? And, and they tell him, get rid of her and get another wife. In this day and age, it's hard to imagine, but yeah, that's what he did. He he banished her, and then he sent his leaders in his court to go out to all the provinces underneath their rule and bring back the beautiful maidens, and he would pick a wife. Well, Esther is very pretty, and so she's one of the maidens who's snatched up and taken for the king to look at to pick, and lo and behold, he picks Esther. Now, Esther is an Israelite, a Jew, and these are Persians. Esther's uncle Mordecai had one time uh, thwarted or told the king of a plot to kill him. So Esther's uncle, who's also a Jew, is very high within the Persian system of government. And her uncle tells her, don't tell anybody about your nationality. Don't tell anybody that you're an Israelite. Haman who you've heard of in the reading today, is the king's chief advisor. Haman hates the Jews. Haman hates Mordecai. And he hatches a plan to do away with all the Jews. He convinces the king that they are really not loyal subjects, that they are going to amass and raise their own army one day and overthrow Persia. And he convinces the king, you know, If you kill them all, you can take all their assets. You can take all their land and all their assets, and it can become part of the palace treasury. And so the king sends out an edict on a certain day of a certain month that all the Jews should be killed. Now Mordecai, Esther's uncle, catches wind of this, and he goes to his niece and encourages her to go talk to the king. She's, after all, married to him. But she says, what can I do? And he encourages her to go because the life of their people is dependent upon her. And he says to her, maybe you are here in this place at this time for this very reason. Maybe you are here in this place at this time for this very reason. So Esther goes in to see the king. She prepares herself, she fasts, she gets dressed, and she goes in to see the king, and uh, she, she actually could have been put to death for going in to see her own husband, the king, without being summoned. But she's risking it. She goes in there, and he raises his scepter, which says, come. And uh, so she comes, and she says, she invites him and Haman, his right-hand man, to the uh, dinners that she would like to put on. Now, Haman is the one who hates the Jews. He wants to have them eradicated. And he's building a gallows to hang Mordecai on, Esther's uncle, because he hates Mordecai. And this gallows, uh, it says it's 50 cubits high, which means it's about as high as an eight story building, because he wants Mordecai to hang there and for everybody to see as far as they can see. So the king... And Haman come in to the first feast, and then she invites them to a second feast. And that's kind of where our reading picks up today. It's at the second feast, and uh, she, the king says, what is your petition? And she says, this edict that the king has put out, that's her. That's her people. So he recants, and he's very distraught. He leaves the room, and Haman is kind of worried what's going to happen to him. So he, he throws himself On Esther, and he throws himself on Esther's mercy. And the king comes back in, and there's this guy on top of his wife. So he calls his soldiers, Hang him high! And they hang Haman on the gallows that he'd prepared for Mordecai. And a new edict went out not to do any harm to the Jewish people. You know, in that place at that time, for a reason, some might say coincidence, but so much stuff happens in life, and I look at it and say the hand of God. You know, in our first, our second lesson today about anointing one another with oil and praying for healing, like we have a healing service maybe a few times a year. That text comes up once every three years to have it land on this Sunday when we have five Sundays in a month when it's a healing service. Coincidence? Or the hand of God? Years ago, I heard a, uh, Dorothy Engen preach a sermon. And in her sermon, she talked about how her husband had major, major surgery. And he was not going to be able to speak for several weeks. And he's going to be intubated and everything. So they developed a sign. Number one meant something. Number two, three, four. And when he held up his hand and showed this five, it meant, I love you. So it would be able way for him to communicate when she was there just to say, I love you. And she was a faithful person. she went to church all the time. She went to church that Sunday, and the minister got up at the front of the church and says, "Today I'm going to preach on the Ten Commandments." And as she preached her sermon, she said several times throughout the service, the ministers and the Ten Commandments. And for her, she didn't know what he said about the Ten Commandments, but for her, it meant, "I love you, I love you. I love you, I love you. Every time, to be in that place at that time, for that very reason, a few years back. Jake Gron and Ed Fay went to Luther Village. Our men's group, uh, we take care of the Loon's Lodge. Ed has since passed away. But they went there and the main beam under the cabin was rotting and rotted. And so they were there on the beginning of a work weekend on the Friday night wondering how they're going to fix this main beam under this cabin. It was getting dark and... Another person came in for the work weekend and got out of their truck and saw Jake and Ed and said, I don't even know where to go. Where can I stay? And Jake and Ed said, well, you can stay in our cabin with us. There's an extra bed. So he went in and he went in with them and uh, Jake and Ed were lamenting and wondering how they're going to replace this beam. You know what the guy did for a living that they invited into the cabin? He moved buildings. He had his truck there with his equipment to lift lift up stuff, and that's what he did for a living. To be there at that place, at that time, for that very reason, they lifted the building and they replaced the beam the next morning. The hand of God? Coincidence. Queen Esther, her uncle's words, maybe you are here at this time and this place for this very reason. How many of you know the story of Hannah Taylor? I know Lorna well. (laughs) Lorna likes ladybugs, in case you didn't know She's a ladybug girl. You're wearing one. And when she was, she was born in 1996, and when she was about eight years old, she saw someone eating out of a dumpster. And so she started the Ladybug Foundation, raising money. And it's really grown. They've raised millions of dollars over the years for the homeless, for building shelters, for doing education in schools from K to 12. She saw something, and she acted on it. And maybe God put her in that place at that time for that very reason. As a church, over the years, we're kind of wondering, what do we do? How do we help in this community? And stuff falls into our lap. Winnipeg Harvest comes to us and says, we need a food bank in the area. Okay. Prince Edward School comes to us. We need a breakfast program. Okay. The Y comes to us. There's a before and after program needed in the area. Okay. You know, to be in this place at this time and to respond. The hand of God. Now, one of the things that I, I talk with families and godparents when we meet, and uh, I talked with Lucian's family about this, and I'm not a lawyer, I make no money on this whatsoever, is about the importance of having a will. You remember? I did talk to you about that, yeah. And, and it's important that we're faithful to our families, not only when we're living, but in the event of our deaths. So it's very important that we have a will. And uh, tomorrow night, there's a will's awareness program here at the church. So there's no pressure. It's not sales stuff. And it's a time to ask questions and uh, to seek answers. My wife and I, we've, we've, as you age, you change your will, right? At one point, you need to have uh, guardians for your kids. And then when they get older, you don't need that anymore. But you go meet with a law- lawyer, and they ask you all kinds of questions that you never even think of. So... If you got questions or you don't have a will, come on down to the church tomorrow night. But to be here at this place in this time, I mentioned Hannah Taylor. We have a young person in our midst, Selena. A couple of years ago, when we saw the picture of Alan Curdy on the beach, Selena saw that and, and she did something about it, right? Created a YouTube video and you came here and talked to us, and our church sponsored a refugee family. They, they finally arrived a few months ago. Yeah. Maybe God put Selena here at that place in that time to do that very thing. Tom was a preteen, and he noticed the neighbor's yard was not as neatly mowed and manicured as it usually was, and so he asked his parents what was going on next door, and his parents didn't know. So he went next door and he knocked on the neighbor's uh, door and uh, the woman who lived there answered and she told him that her husband was in the hospital. He had to have some surgery. And so he wasn't there to mow the lawn. And so Tom mowed his parents' lawn. So he said, well, I'll just mow right across. and Mow them both. And that's what he did. All summer long, he mowed both lawns. But to be there at that place, at that time, for that very reason. That is Hannah's, not Hannah's, that is Esther's story to us. I believe God sends us into other people's lives. And I got, i believe God sends other people into our lives too. And it's not coincidence. To be in a certain place at a certain time and to help lift people up That's what Esther's story is all about. Amen. Thank you for listening to A Message of Grace. If you would like more information on our congregation and how we can be of service to you, please visit our website at
0: www.gracelutheran.ca or check us out on Facebook. Peace be with you.